2 Kings chapter 4? 2 Kings 4. I thought we were done with this, but let's go back to the hole one more time. 2 Kings 4, chapter, uh, chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. Hallelujah. Y'all remember this story? You sure? Okay, well, since you know the story, let's not read all seven verses. Let's just read verses 4 and 5. Verses 4 and 5. Because I'm sure you've read this a dozen times at home by now. Come on, just wink at me. Yes, I have read it a dozen times. Okay. No, don't, don't lie. No, in the house of God. 2 Kings 4. Let's read verses 4 and 5 together. Ready, read. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons. Then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured it out. She poured it out. Again, the, the message or the instruction from the man of God was that you go into the house, you and your sons, and he said, and shut the door behind you and your sons. I want to talk on the subject tonight. I want you to help me. Can you help me? Yes, sir. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor. neighbor. Look him in the eyeball. Say, neighbor. neighbor. You can't take everybody with you. That, that was the wrong neighbor. That was the wrong neighbor. Find somebody else. Find somebody else. Say, say neighbor, where God is taking you, where you want to go, you can't take everybody with you. You can't. You can't. I know you want to. I know you love them. I know that's your ace boon coon, your homeboy from way back in the day. I know that's your cousin. But you can't take everybody with you. Father, grant us your grace to minister and receive this word tonight. We pray that you guard the atmosphere by your divine power from any demonic disturbance or distraction. And I pray, Father, you give me divine utterance to minister your word. Give me divine unction to flow whatever way you want me to flow. And I pray, Father, your people, Lord, have the ears to hear, eyes to see, hearts to receive that which you speak to me and through me tonight. I thank you, Father, your people begin to see Man, anointings resting here right now. Thank you, Jesus. Your people begin to see where you're taking them. They begin to see where they're going. And begin to shut doors so they can move into what you have for them. And I pray, Father, that every one of us will obtain and attain to that which you set aside for us, that which you want us to do for your kingdom, for your glory, and for our enjoyment. I thank you that it's now. Somebody say it's now. I want you to say that prophetically. It's now. Just grab that right now. It's it's now. 
it's now. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Say that. Say that. It's now. It's now. Hallelujah. Not a long time from now. It's now. So God, I told you this as we were talking about to shut the door behind you, that God is inviting us to move into a place, a realm, a level, a dimension of glory that is beyond this natural level, beyond this natural way of operation, to a place uh, on his level where we move. Remember I was talking about this woman God moved her from nothingness to fullness. And God wants us to go from nothingness to fullness. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> My wife and I were sharing with a pastor last night um, about how uh, God has kept and had his hand on this ministry. And just in those moments have allowed me to reflect on what this ministry, uh, what we've gone through, what God has brought us through, what he's brought us to, and where he's taking us right now. Has anybody ever been through anything in your life? Any, any real adversity in your life? Come on, don't fool me. Anybody been through any real adversity in your life? I don't mean you stump your toe two or three times. I mean some real adversity in your life. And yet you're still here in your right mind. You're still here serving Jesus. Still here and you're among the living where there is hope. And you can begin to see a crack. Like you can begin to see a speck of light. And the light is getting brighter and brighter. Like I feel it like it's now, Christopher. I don't know if y'all catching it. I feel it like it's now, Elder Warren. The things we've been praying for, the things we've been believing God for, the things we've been asking for, the things we've been sowing for, the things we've fasted for. Deep, I feel like. Paul, and I feel like it's now. I don't know if y'all feel it like I feel it like it's now. Anybody been around even this ministry for a long time? And we, you know we've been praying for stuff and believing God for things and asking God for things and been through hell and high water, but all of a sudden it's like now things are starting to. God has taken us into a place. And again, what he's doing for this ministry because you are connected in some way. Uh, if you allow it, he's doing the same thing in your life. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. If you can handle it. If you can handle it. You remember Jesus, thank you, Holy Ghost, in Mark 10. Give me Mark 10, media. I know this is on, on the script. Mark 10, uh, the verses, I think verse 30 and 31, somewhere around there. Give me Mark 10, uh, verse 30. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, verse 30. That's the one I want. Um, and I'm going to do 31 too. Uh, Jesus talking about no one who's left father, mother. That's verse 29. Father, mother, houses, land, children, for my sake and the gospels. Um, who shall not receive in verse, 20, verse 30, a hundredfold. Now. Thank you. Wow. Now. 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 
know if y'all really. No. Receive it when? No. Jesus was a now person. Yes, sir. Now faith. He wanted those figs now. Not when the season came around. Now. <laughs> he places the man on now. And so he said, who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time? Well, that's worth preaching right there by seven. Somebody say, now, now. In, this time, in this time, I receive my hundredfold. Now, maybe you didn't catch what you just said. Now that you know what you're going to say, I want you to say it this time with some conviction. I receive my hundredfold, I receive my hundredfold. Now, now in this time. In this time. <laughs> ah, goodness. And he said, you'll receive now in this time uh, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and land. Notice he said here, with persecutions. With persecutions. With persecutions. Meaning that all that goody, all that blessing that comes, comes with some persecution. And I, here's what I want you to get. The ones that are big into persecution will not be those that you didn't already know. Because it says, but many, the very next verse, but many who are first will be last and the last first, which means God's going to shift you, going to switch things around in your life, going to switch places, going to gonna flip you with some other folk who've been ahead of you, and all of a sudden now, I, I better find somebody. This this, this the side. This, I got this. This my side right here. Those who've been ahead of you are going to all of a sudden be behind you, and they're going to persecute you because they're going to want to know how you got here. Where you come from. And then there are going to be some who've been with you on the same level with you, been walking around you. They know you because you grew up in the same neighborhood, in the same family, went to the same school, maybe been in the same church. But all of a sudden, you take off. And then here comes persecution. Because you got to the church before they did. Or, or rather, they got to the church before you did. All of a sudden, you took off. Wow. Wow. I, I, didn't, I didn't find my side. I was over here. They got here before you got here. But all of a sudden, you took off. So now here comes the persecution. Because you left them behind. So, so we're in a now in this time season. Yes, sir. Glory to God. Some of y'all are catching by. I hope three o'clock in the morning you wake up and say, "Oh, now in this time." This is the season for now. Remember, I told you that's what God told me in in, in January 2018. No, y'all don't remember. Okay. Remember I told y'all God told me in January 2018 that every word you've heard, every prophetic word you've ever heard is for now. And he said every prophetic word you ever hear is for now. 
So we're living in a now in this time season. So God's trying to accelerate us and move us into a different, different place, a different level, a different dimension. But we have to be able to flow with God into some things. Second Kings 4, remember this story, this woman, this widow woman who um, her husband died and obviously left them uh, deeply in debt. And uh, she went to the man of God, Elisha, and said, Elisha, uh, sir, you know that my husband uh, feared the Lord, and, uh, but here comes the creditors. They're coming to take away my two sons to be their slaves, right? And so here's this woman. She has uh, nothing. She's down to her last dime, Elder Baker. You know, she says, I have nothing but a jar of oil. She's down to her last dime. And, and uh, the creditor wants to come take her two sons to be her slaves, which that's her only hope for any, any sort of quality of life. And she, she gets the, the understanding that I got to do something. I got to do something. And so she finds the man of God and tells him the situation. And the man of God gives her a word. Everybody say a word. A word. A word. Isaiah 30, verse 20 and 21. You don't have to turn it up. I'll put it on the screen for you. Isaiah 30 and verse 20 and 21. Because you always need, no matter where you are, you need a word from God. And God raises up prophetic voices of deliverance, yes. prophetic voices of healing, prophetic, prophetic voices of prosperity, who, if you'll listen, will bring you a word that will change your life. Yes. Yes. I don't even know if you got it. If you understand, you caught one tonight already. Now in this time. When, 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 you, when you heard your man of God say, make one extra payment the next day, you just got a word. That went right over here. I said, you just got a word. <laughs> he says, the Lord, though the Lord gives you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet your teachers will not be moved into a corner anymore. But your eyes, open your eyes, open your eyes, look up here. Your eyes shall see your teachers. Look up here. Your eyes shall see your teachers. Okay, so you can't you can't look at the person in front of you as just Reverend so and so, Pastor so and so, just giving me some entertaining you know word to fill my time on a Wednesday night or a Sunday morning. If that's your and, and there are a lot of people who are like that, who come because oh you know well the, the youth gonna sing on Sunday so I'm gonna be there. And, well that that ain't that ain't gonna get your bills paid or your children saved. You need a word from your teachers. Your ears shall hear a word behind you, verse 21, saying, this is the way, this is the way, this is the way, walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right hand or whenever you turn to the left. So there's a word that God will give you that will change your life. This woman got a word that changed her life. Am I right about it? So in 2 Kings 4, we read verses 4 and 5. Look at it again. Verse 4, here comes the word. And when you have come in, you know, go get the vessels. Y'all remember that? And when you have come in, shut the door behind you and your son. Then poured into those vessels, all those vessels and set aside the full ones. 
So notice, he not only, he told her, we know this, I dealt with this last week. He told her what to do. What do you do? Go borrow vessels, come in, shut the door, pour. Borrow vessels, come in, shut the door, pour. But he went beyond telling her what to do to telling her who to include. Because, let's, let's look at it. Let, let's, let's look at it grammatically. Verse 4, when you have come in, what if he had said, you shall shut the door, then pour? Would it have been understood to shut the door? That's understood. Shut the door and pour. Could have said that. But specifically, Holy Spirit speaks through him and says, Shut the door behind you and your sons. It's not only what, but who. Or properly, whom. Not only what, but whom. So, number one, your sons must be included on this. They're the ones directly who are most threatened by this, your situation. Oh, y'all not here. <laughs> okay. Right? Uh, the creditors coming to take away my two sons to be their slaves. And so they're the ones who are directly going to be affected. How long are they going to be enslaved? Well, we don't know. We know uh, by law, it's supposed to be a max of seven years by law. Year of release supposed to come. We don't know where they were in those seven years. Hallelujah. When the, when the Jubilee or when, when the Shemitah year would have come, we don't know. Uh, but they were going to be enslaved for a while. And, that's, and, and what we know is by now, the people, children of Israel were breaking the law. They were not releasing slaves. So these boys might have been enslaved the rest of their lives to pay off the last, we don't know how much the debt even was. So they're going to be very, very, uh, they're going to be highly impacted by this if nothing happened. Right. So shut the door behind you and your sons. And, and we know if the, this hadn't happened, the, the mom, the widow, would have been indirectly impacted. Because she's already lost her husband. She has nothing left in the house. And if she had lost her sons, her sons were all her only means for any kind of quality life. So shut the door behind you and your sons. Now, so not only do we know, we, we get a double, a twofold thing here, two-sided piece here. We get inclusivity and exclusivity. Because by saying, shut the door behind you and your sons, we know whom to include, but we also know whom to exclude. So include your sons. So in this room is going to be you, your sons, and God. Remember I taught you on the secret place last week. So in this room is going to be you, in this house is going to be you, your sons, and God. And outside is going to be everybody else. 
Because remember, he said, when you come, shut the door behind you, your sons, and then pour out. She's got this little bit of jar of oil, and that little jar isn't enough to pay the debt. If it was, she wouldn't have had to go to him. I'm going to come back on this side. If the jar had been enough, she would not have needed a man of God. Obviously, the jar wasn't enough, so there had to be some kind of miracle multiplication that was going to have to happen in this secret place. So he said, when you get you and your sons in the house, shut the door behind you, and then pour it out. Pour it out. And so we know the story, because we looked at it for Sunday and Wednesday, that she's going to pour out, and it's going to fill vessel after vessel after vessel after vessel. Now, who does the word come to this woman for her and her sons. Now, I can, we can reasonably be suspect, we don't know this for sure, but we can reasonably be sus, uh, suspect that the, the sons were with her when she went to see the man of God. Because he said, when you come in there, shut the door behind you and your sons. We know they had to go and get vessels. They're participating fully in this whole thing. Am I right about it? So now, when he says shut the door behind you and your sons, include them, exclude everybody else. Pastor, I don't see it. Everybody in town knows what's going on. Everybody remembers the day her dear old husband passed away. All the mourners came for the funeral. All the pipers and all the flutists, flautists and all the drummers and the people came for, for this funeral service. And they know he left this woman with nothing. They know they've seen the, 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 the repo trucks coming and repoing all the stuff. She has family in town. You got cousins and aunties and probably sisters and brothers. Come on, imagine. Use your imagination now. All the family knows. But the man of God said, don't include any of them. Yeah, you got to catch it. Exclude everybody else. Because you're got, about to go into a secret place, a place that you don't need any interference you don't need any any disturbance you don't need any any fear or any doubt or any unbelief you don't need anybody who didn't get the word and put their faith on it because woman you need a miracle and you need it now in this time come back over here. Woman, you need a miracle. And you need it now in this time. And to get this, this connection, you don't need to have anybody else. You don't need any other opinions. You don't need anybody else's ideas. Anybody else's mindset. Anybody else's stories. Because you know Auntie may be again in there and they'll be talking about, but child, you know, you know, 
You know, when my husband died, you know, um, the people came and they, they, oh, it was a mess, child. And, you know, you ought to just see if you can work with them. You know, just work, work out some payment plan. You know, see it. God's taking you, you can't take everybody with you. Remember I talked about closing the door, right? The reason they're closing the door, one, is because you can't operate by faith and by the flesh at the same time. Remember I taught you that. Zechariah 4, 6. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit. So to get you into your next season, it's going to be by the spirit of God. Y'all didn't shout about that. To get you into your next season, it's going to be by the spirit of God. Not by your intelligence. Not by your human wisdom. Not by who you know. Not by your connections. Y'all real quiet in here. Not by all your connect. Not by all your finagling. Not by all your learning. All your learning ain't going to get you where God wants to take you. This is not a, oh my God. This isn't a season of learning. This is a season of the hundredfold now in this time. And there's no learning that gets you a hundredfold. There's no human wisdom that gets you a hundredfold. There's no human wisdom that, that, that'll take over a city. There's no human wisdom that'll do it. It's going to be not by might, not by power, but by the spirit of the living God. You're going to have to get in tune with the Holy Ghost. I said, you're going to have to get in tune with the Holy Ghost. Y'all are disturbing me. I said, you're going to have to get in tune with the Holy Ghost. You're going to have to hear his voice and shut out all these other voices. Which means you've got to shake some folk off. Second Thessalonians 3 2. Second Thessalonians 3 2, media. You, you, can't, you can't take everybody with you. Second Thessalonians 3 2 says this at the end For not all have faith. Pastor, why can't I take everybody with me? Because not all have faith. And you and I are operating in a, in a kingdom that is a faith kingdom, in a system that is a faith system. And you and I can't do that in the flesh. And because not all men have faith, you can't take all men with you. You think everybody believes how you believe? Not all men have faith. Not all men have faith. And, hallelujah, look around, look around. Not all folk in church have faith. Now, I do not want you to all of a sudden start evaluating and assessing folk and looking at folk with side eyes in church. 
But you know faith when you see it. You know faith when you hear it. And when you're telling folk to say Shibboleth, and they're saying Sibboleth, there's a story in the Old Testament. When they, when they don't have faith language, then don't try to take them where you're going because they will hinder you. Now, I'm going way beyond your family. You already know your family crazy. Lord, hide me behind that cross. I said you already know your family crazy. But the problem is you love your family so much that you keep letting them have an inroads into your affairs, into your life. Y'all, 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 I'm not sure if y'all read it. My wife and me, y'all know it. When, when we first started learning faith, started learning the kingdom of God, we cut off family. Y'all all nervous because my brother's sitting here. We cut off family. He'll tell you. I ain't ashamed, I ain't scared to say it. We cut off family. Because not all have faith. And all y'all family in church, not all have faith. And the reason many people will sit right in here for years and years and years and never advance in God is because their family means more to them than their destiny, than what God is calling them into, what God wants them to do. And they keep being held up, held back. Because you love your doggone sister. You love your doggone brother and your cousin, me, and everything in your life. And your auntie is your best boo, best boo and everything. And you got to be at every, every reunion and every, every wedding and every doggone funeral and every dinner. And every, you got to be around them all the time. And you think, oh, it's, that's, it's, it's my family. Jesus, who is my mother? They came, he's in there having a, having a meeting. They're in a meeting and they come and knock on the door. Bam, 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 bam. Who is it? Jesus, it's uh, your, your mother and your brother's outside. They, 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 they want to see you. They want to. They want to see you. He's, he turned around and said, he looked back at all people around. He said, who is my mother? Who is my brother? Who is my sister? Except all those who do the will of my father. Should I quit? No. <laughs> it, it's, I, know, I know this, this is tight. I know this is, 
This is uncomfortable. This is, this is challenging. It's, it's, it's all. But God's trying to take you somewhere. Everybody can't, everybody don't want to go where you're going. Everybody, everybody not ready to go where you're going. And everybody want to, they want to keep the status quo and keep you right in the status quo. But God's got something more for you than that. As a matter of fact, can I tell you something? If you're here, it's because God picked you out of your family, put you here, to get what you get, yes. so once you're ready, yes. now you can go back yes. and grab them and bring them along. But you have to be willing to first separate. Thank God my brother is here. That was a prophetic word years ago. That he's here. And um, now we we always talk about this. We have the same words now. Whenever whenever God brings a great word, whether it's somebody in the house preaching or somebody God sends somebody here to preach, the constant refrain, Elder Warren, is what? When you talk about our, our family. <laughs> Well, hold on, y'all. He got it. He remember, I, I, I caught him off guard, see, y'all. But what do you all, every time, same thing I've been saying for years, Pastor Kim, what? All the time. All the time, constantly. I wish, I wish, I pray our family breaks out of that, and they watch, out of that religious tradition That denominational stranglehold. And I love the Church of God in Christ. I grew up in the Church of God in Christ. It's, 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 in, it's in my toes, but, 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 but I know what God called me to. Jesus. Not all have faith. Romans 14, 22 says, do you have faith? Have it to yourself before God. Do you have faith? That's neighbor. Do you have faith? Well, have it to yourself before God. That means you can't take everybody with you. Have it to yourself. Happy is he who does not condemn himself in what he approves. Now, the reason condemnation comes is because other folk around you disapprove of what you do. And if you let that stay around you, you'll start condemning yourself about what you already approve. You know, you know you're supposed to be rich. You know you're supposed to live 120 years. But you get around folk who tell you, well, you know, um, you know, uh, Peter, them, they, they died at 70, and you know, 
you know, Come 70 on. years, if all, Lord, give me reasonable health and strength, maybe 80 years. I, you know, you can't be around that kind of foolish talk. Remember one time, my baby brother, he was still at this church then, and uh, we had been called to um, to the hospital. I don't know who was in the hospital. They, they called us all to come see this person and pray for him, whatever they done. And we sit in the hospital, and he said, and they, they were talking all that, that widow talk. It was just widow talk, man. It was just bad. He was like, John, bro, why they talk? Why they talking so bad? And they, not all men have faith. But see, if you hang around that, it'll infect you. Before you know it, in just casual conversation, you'll be talking just like they talk. Boy, every time about the rain, my knees start hurting. Yeah, but I know. You right about that. Oh. Tell your neighbor, you can't take everybody with you. See, living and walking by faith is different than the normal way of living and operating. I said living and walking by faith is different than the normal way of living and operating. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we walk by faith, not by Say it again. We walk by faith, not by What do we walk by? by faith, not by sight, not by the physical, not by the material, not by the tangible, not by the sense realm. But every carnal person, first of all, every natural person, that means un, who's not born again, and every carnal person, a carnal person is a person who is born again but has not renewed their mind, which is what the church is full of, carnality born again on their way to heaven, but have not renewed their minds, so they still live and operate just like they're of this natural world, and therefore get the same results as this natural world, and folk in the, in the church are talk just like folk in the world, and, and, but the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. 2 Corinthians 4.18 says we don't look at things that are seen, but things that are not seen. So faith looks at things that are not seen. We walk by faith, not by sight. So we don't look at things that are seen. We look at things that are not seen. And when you look at things that are not seen, it gives you a different perspective. But if not all men have faith, they're looking at what is seen. So you and a person who doesn't have faith, whether they're in the world or in the church, if they don't have faith, they see the same situation as you see it, same situation that you see, but don't see it the way you see it. Here you are trying to drag them along. Trying to get them to understand how you believe in God to be debt free. Ain't nothing wrong with all that debt. You're going you're gonna to live and you're going to die in debt. The devil is a lie. Y'all never heard of from folks? Oh, you're going to die in debt. Baby, you're going to die in debt. The devil is a lie. Hallelujah. 
Everybody got to die from something. The devil is a liar. Yeah, everybody got to die from something. Don't nobody just die for no reason. How did Mo, why did Moses die? How did Moses die? Moses died of nothing. <laughs> Y'all ain't saying nothing here. Moses died of nothing. Moses, he didn't disappear. He died of nothing. <laughs> See? You can't take everybody with you. Thank you, Jesus. Go to Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55. Because if you're going to go to another level, you must think and operate on another level. How many of y'all believe in God that you're going to go to another level now in this time? I mean, in whatever area of your life. Every area of your life. I'm going to another level. Say, I'm going to another level. In every area of my life. This church is going to another level. And I'm part of this church. And I'm going to. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm telling you the truth. If, if this church goes up and you don't go up, you're not connected right. I got three amens on that one. If this church goes up and you don't go up, you're not connected right. You, you might be wayside kind of ground. But I believe better things of you tonight. If you come on a Wednesday night, I don't think you're wayside. I think if you come on a Wednesday night, you got a little bit of hunger and a little thirst. On a Wednesday night? Hallelujah. Isaiah 55 is an invitation to another level. Look, look at verse 1. Ho! That means look. Look. You may say that the ice cream truck used to come down the street. Charlie's Chips trucks used to come down the street. Some of y'all never heard of Charlie's yeah, Chips. Go to your great-grandma's house. She had a, a brown tin can, about that big, full of potato chips. All right, you, some of y'all might, might remember that. What about Georgia sweet potatoes? People's coming around the truck, sweet potatoes, watermelons on the truck. Y'all so young. Y'all go to Publix for everything now. They used to, Come to the waters and you have no money. Come what? You have no money. Come by. Now see, that automatically triggers something in your intelligence there. That this, this does not compute. Because we are so used to a buying system where you have to have money. And yet God is saying to us, you have no money. Come buy and eat. So that means, obviously, he's inviting us to a different system. You got to see this. It's a different system, ladies and gentlemen. Without money and without price. Why do you spend money for what is not bread? And your wages, come on, for what is not satisfied. Listen carefully to me. That's what he said. Not me. I'm talking about the Bible. Listen carefully to me. 
and eat what is good. You mean by listening, I'm going to eat what's good? By listening, he's going to put me on a different kind of diet, a different kind of lifestyle. By listening. In other words, this, this lifestyle, thank you, Holy Ghost, doesn't come by working. It comes by listening. That didn't go over well. It don't come by toiling. It comes by listening. I said your next level is going to come by listening. Your deliverance is going to come by listening. Your your, your healing is going to come by, deliver, by, by listening. Your prosperity is going to come by listening. Listen carefully to me and eat what is good. Let your soul delight itself in abundance. Incline your ear and come to me. Here and your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you that the sure mercies of David. Y'all got that? Now, let me, let me show you something here. Drop down to verse uh, 10, verses 10 and 11. Everybody say different system. Is it Audrey 850? Lord, have mercy. Uh, don't. Don't. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud that it may give what? And bread to the who? So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. So he's showing us a different system. That the same way you watch how the rain and the snow come down, and they water the earth and produce things, he said, my word does the same thing. So what he's saying is, in this system, this is a word-activated system. I'm still not catching the right folk. This is not a toil and a work-activated system. It's a word-activated system. Y'all not catching it. You remember Moses in the, in the wilderness with the children of Israel? And the first time they needed water, God said, strike the rock. And it's going to bring water out. That striking was a work. Bam, it's a work. Boom, it's a, it's a manipulation. Hand, manipulate. It, bam, strike the rock and the water comes out. The next time, though, God says, I'm upgrading your system. I'm upgrading your operation. This time, don't manipulate anything. Speak a word. And my word will bring the water you need. So God is saying, I'm inviting you to a different system that when you listen to me, I'm going to give you a word. Y'all missing it. If you listen to me, I'm going to give you a word. In the 51st chapter of Isaiah, God said, he says, I've planted, uh, I, I've put my words in your mouth that I may plant the heavens. He said, I put my word, so I listened to his word. He said, I put my word in your mouth that I may plant the heavens. In other words, once God gives your word, you listen and you hear his word, you speak the word. Now that word goes forth and it prospers the things to which you sent it and it accomplishes that which he pleases. The word, watch this, once you release it, deep. Let me find another deacon. Once you release it, deep. It does not return to you void. I, I better find a deaconess. Where's Gigi? The word 
once you release it, it does not return to you void. It's going to do what you're sending it to do. Well, I'm not God. He said, I'm inviting you to operate like this. And like this, you can't take everybody with you because not all men believe this. You going around with that name it, claim it stuff. Blab it, grab it stuff. Confess it, possess it stuff. That's how they talk about you. Okay, that's how they talk about me. They over there, that, all that name it, claim it, blab it, grab it, confess it, possess it, all that foolishness. Child, shut up. How did you get saved? You confessed it and you possessed it. You named it and you claimed it. You blabbed it and you grabbed it. Your healing works the same way. Your deliverance works the same way. Your prosperity works the same way. The word is nigh even in thy mouth. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if you shall confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised from the dead, you shall be, you shall, you shall be saved. So you can't, you can't take people with you who mock how you believe. You can't keep, y'all better catch this here. You can't keep running with folk who mock what you believe. Remember I showed you in verse 1 through 3 how, you, how he's invited you to operate. Verse 10 to 11, how we can operate. Go back to verse 8 and 9, verse 6 through 8 through 9, because you got to see, because there, there's some qualifications here. He says, sit the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he's near. Let the wicked forsake his way. A righteous man is thoughts. Let him return to the Lord. He will have mercy on him. And to our God, he will abundantly pardon. Verse 8, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways says the Lord, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Meaning, the way y'all think down there is not the way we think up here. So forsake the way you think down there and come up to the way we think up here. Be transformed, Romans 12, 2, by the renewing of your mind. Mark 1.15, repent and believe in the gospel. Change your mind. Change how you think. Change how you operate. Change how you speak. Change how you see things. Don't think on that level down there like all your cousins. Think on my level. Speak on my level. Operate on my level. Who hears me tonight? Man, man, man. Immediately help me out. I'm going to speed through this because I, I want to finish this if I can. Lord, give me grace. I'm not going to finish. Genesis 12, 1. Is that my time I just went on? 
That mean I'm done? Whose timer was that? Was that me? Oh, that was yours. Okay. All right. Now the Lord has said to Abraham, get out. I know you know this, but just see it in this light. Tell neighbor, you can't take everybody with you. The Lord has said to Abraham, Abram, get out of your country. From your family and from your father's house. To land, I'll show you. You can't take everybody with you. You're trying to drag them along because you love them. I understand you love them. But in your current condition, you can't help them. If, if, if you let go and get to where God wants you, you can go back and help them. Verse 4, so Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him. Verse 4, so Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. Now, Abram, Lot was part of his family, part of his father's house. Lot went with him. Verse 5, Abram took Sarah, his wife. Now, that's his house. No problem. And Lot, his brother's son. So we got an issue here. Because you can't take everybody with you. All their possessions and so forth. Y'all know the story, right? Maybe you don't. They took all their possessions. that The people they had gathered in Haran departed to the land of Canaan. They came to the land of Canaan. Look at chapter 13, verse 7. And there was, a, there was strife between the herdsmen of Abram's livestock and the herdsmen of Lot's livestock. Why was the strife even there? He took somebody with him. Wasn't supposed to go. So Abram said to Lot, please let there be no strife between you and me. No, that's just, this real. Going on now because, listen, the Bible says, the Bible says in Proverbs, Cast out the scoffer, and contention will cease. Y'all read it in Proverbs every month, right? Cast out the scoffer, cast out the mocker, cast out the one who ridiculing, cast out the one who got on strife, and it says, and contention, contention or strife will cease. Yeah, cast out the scoffer, contention will leave. Yes, yeah, strife and reproach will cease. So you got to get rid of folk who are contentious, argumentative about what you believe. <laughs> so Abram said, listen, um, it ain't going to be none of that. 
And he said, I'm going to let you choose. You choose that land over there, I'm going to go over here. You chose to choose this land, I'm going to go over there. And the Bible says, Lot with his old dumb self. The Bible doesn't say dumb self, this is me. But he went and looked at the land that was the prettiest, the most beautiful land, and chose that land and said, that's where I'm going. Now, he only had what he had because the blessing was on Abram, but he went and chose the best land for himself. Now, once he left, look at verse 14. Verse 14. And the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him. other words, we get God talking to Abram at Genesis 12, verse 1, and not again until 13, verse 14. <laughs> Y'all not catching it. What was, what was between 12, 1, and 13, 14? Lot. In fact, you look up Lot's name. Lot's name means covering or veil. It means covering or veil. Now remember, thank you, Holy Spirit. Go back to Genesis. We don't have to go to turn over there, but go to Genesis 12, 3. And God, he says, leave your father, mother, uh, father's house, and all that kind of stuff. He's saying, go to a land I will show you. I'm going to show you a land. Now go back to 13. Go back to chapter 13, verse 14, whatever we were just now. 13, verse 14. And the Lord said after Abraham left, after Lot left, lift your eyes now and look to the place from where you are, north and south. I'm like, I can't show it to you till Lot's gone. Y'all missing it. Lot's name means covering or veil, which meant that Abram couldn't see what God wanted to show him until he got this mocker, this contentious person, this, his loved one out of his life. I contend, and I'm going to say this because the beeper already went off, that the reason some of us can't see what God wants to show us because we still got lots in our lives. name means covering or veil. And that meant Abram could not see what God wanted to show him until Lot was gone. And the, I got to read it. And the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, lift your eyes now. Good guy, I didn't even see that, Chris. Lift your eyes now. Now you can see. Now open your eyes. Now you can see it. place where you are. Now remember, where they were, Lot, Abram said, you go over there, I go over there, you go over here, I'll go over there. But now, 
that lot's gone, God says, you can look anywhere you want to look. To the north, to the south, to the east, to the west. For all the land which you see, he couldn't see it while Lot was there. was a vision blocker. He loved him, but he was a vision blocker. That was his boy, but he was a vision blocker. He was kin. That's kinfolk, but kinfolk can be your vision blockers. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I, I love my family. I love my family dearly. But I knew I had to separate for a while from my saved family, let alone the unsaved ones. Some of y'all still run with the unsaved ones like you don't have no sense. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Y'all can be mad. You still running with the unsaved family like you don't have any sense. And the problem is, because of that, you can't even see what God's trying to show you. But now that it separate, all the land which you see, I give to you and your descendants forever. I'm not giving them to your brother's descendants. I'm giving them to your descendants. Stand to your feet. I'm out of time, over time. Oh, my, my, my. I got some more. I'll give you some more Sunday or whenever. Everybody can't go with you. Everybody can't. Everybody. And I know you love people dearly. Sometimes it's just for a season. You hear me? Sometimes it's just for a season. It's just for a season. Do you know Jesus? Y'all know Jesus? Do you really know Jesus? Well, do you remember Jesus in the second chapter of John? He was invited to a wedding feast in a city called Cana of Galilee. And the Bible says his mother was there. And he went to this wedding feast, and his disciples went with him. And remember the, the situation, ran out of wine, and he performed that first miracle, turned the water into wine. And the Bible says it was there that uh, this first sign, this first sign he gave, and he manifested his glory, right? And it says, went on to say, and his disciples believed on him. Then it says, if you keep reading John 2, it says then that uh, Jesus his mother and his brothers all went and they stayed there for a few days in Galilee. So that meant his brothers were there and saw that miracle. Yet when you get to the seventh chapter of John, right around verse 2, 
it talks about, it says, and the Feast of Pentecost was at hand. That's like this weekend coming up, Feast of Pentecost starts, right? He said the Feast, says the feast of Pentecost was at hand, Feast of Tabernacles rather was at hand. And it said his brothers talked to him about, hey, if you are big and bad, if you all that, why don't you go down to the feast and do some of those tricks you do? They're mocking him. Because the Bible goes on to say in that same chapter, right around verse 4 or 5, it says, because even his brothers did not believe in him. So you notice when you go through the list of 12 disciples, none of his brothers were part of the 12 disciples. His brothers did not believe in him. They said, go down there. So the Bible, the Bible goes on to say, this is chapter, chapter 7 of John. It goes on to say then that his brothers, they went ahead and went to the feast. Jesus hung back. I ain't going with y'all. I mean, they're in the same house. So I ain't going with y'all. Says after they left, then he said, okay, I'm going to go now. And he went secretly, not openly. He didn't want to be associated with his brothers. Yeah, John 17, when his brothers had gone up, then he also went up to the feast, not openly, but as it were, a secret in secret. His brothers didn't believe in him. It wasn't until after the resurrection. James, Jude, his brothers, now they believe in Jesus. After the resurrection. In other words, after he manifested, then he said, oh, I guess you... Yes, he was. Some things your family ain't going to get. I'm, I'm a, I like this side right here. Some things your family, maybe it's just this part right here. Some things your family ain't going to get until you driving it, living in it, ministering across the world, wearing it, laying hands, got a worldwide ministry. Regarding you after the flesh. His brothers kept saying something like, Jesus, he's beside himself. Who do you think he is? He's beside himself. The people in town, isn't that the carpenter's boy? You have to manifest some stuff. I better come back over here. There are some folk who are not going to get saved till you manifest some stuff. There's a folk, they're not going to hear words you say till you manifest some stuff. You got to be an example. Well, I'm living right. They ain't, they ain't moved by your living right. They'll be moved by your living good. When you living, I better, I'm going to come over here. They're not moved by you living right. They're going to be moved by you living good. Now, I know it's living well. I know it's living well. Let me be ghetto by you living good. Healthy and strong. Children doing well. Your marriage tight. Got a big old boat in the 
on your dock and still going to church on Sunday morning. They'll be moved, Warren, when you all go out to eat and it's 20 of y'all and you pick up the tab. doggone checks. Ain't nobody got time to be pulling no calculator for no doggone check. But in the meantime, you got to separate from Lot. So you can hear God. Amen. Play that thing, boy. tell you this, as a pastor, as a preacher, I've had to separate from a lot of preachers around St. Peter. Let's see, we, we've, we've not, we got our second invitation to go to a church. Let's see. That's going to be two churches we get to go to in the whole city. Oh, that's, that's great. I need y'all to go, man. They invited us. We better go. But what happens when that building goes up? And then we own all that land. And the clinic goes up and the school goes up and the vocational technical center goes up and the business center goes up. Persecution. us out. You've called us up. You've called us into. God, I pray that every person in this room, on the sound of my voice, even those that are tuned in online, that God, we would make the sometimes very difficult decision, but necessary decision for a season to separate maybe for a season of heaviness that'll bring a great glory in the end. Not only be a blessing to us, but a blessing to our families and our loved ones and all those that you've given us influence in their lives. Father, I thank you that God, you have your hand upon us and you will not disappoint us, never let us down. And we can't take a step with you that you don't keep us. We can't take a step with you that you don't have something good in store for us. We can't take a step with you where you're gonna leave us hanging. No, your hand is upon us. Your hand, we see your hand on this house. God, we even think that your hand is upon every family, every life, 
every person connected to this house in some way. We declare that, Father, we're going forward in you and the things of God, that nothing in this world matters but you. Nothing in this world matters but you and your kingdom and pleasing you and your will and your plan for our lives, your plan for the, for the, for the kingdom of God. And we pray, Father, uh, you'll, you'll help us where we need to, to walk in that grace, to step out and step into what you have for us. I decree and declare tonight, Father, your people shall begin to manifest now in this time, now in this time, now in this time, hundredfold blessings, now in this time, now in this time. Open our eyes now that we may see all you have for us to acquire and to do. God, I pray that our lives will be the examples that you need in this earth of what you can do with a life that's surrendered to you. I thank you that your blessing is upon us. Continue to keep us. We'll give you the praise and the glory and all the honor of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Put those hands together and give God a great praise tonight.